0: Welcome to Inside the Castle, the podcast that goes behind castle doors to have real conversations with real people about solving the nation's toughest challenges. I'm one of your hosts for today, Lauren Lake.
1: And I'm Aaron Schneider. Today we have three guests joining us to discuss the work-life balance. With us today are Tommy Williams, who's a Deputy DPM in the San Francisco District, Amy Snively, who's the Outreach Program Specialist in Kansas City District, and Michelle Prosser, who's a Project Manager in the St. Paul District. Thank you all for joining us today. Thanks for having us.
2: Thanks for having us.
0: Happy to be here. Great. So work-life balance is something that we have all dealt with and possibly struggled with. Michelle, can you talk about how you have prioritized
3: or maintained your work and home life balance? Well, I will say that it has probably been easier for me um, just because I don't have kids at home. So I've been able to really keep to essentially the same schedule that I had when I was working. I just don't have the hour-long commute anymore, which is great. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, it's worked out pretty well. I just kind of do my 9 to 5.30 type thing, and that's about it.
1: So, Michelle, you know, thinking of the, you know, that your schedule is the same, you know, what are some of the challenges that you're facing you know, with this? Um, you know, you, you save time on the commute, but are there, are there downfalls to this, um, you know, before we get on to some of the others?
3: Absolutely, yeah. Um, Not driving is a good thing, but it's definitely been difficult. I live alone. I've got a dog here with me who's been kind of the savior over the last couple of months as far as keeping me from getting too lonesome. But um, most of my social interaction during the week, anyhow, was at work. You know, it was talking to my coworkers and... um, and just kind of being able to grab lunch or grab coffee or just even being in meetings and that camaraderie that you have while you're there working with folks. So that's been a big difference. I think it wasn't quite as bad over the summer because we've been able to social distance and hang out outside, at least outside of work and see each other, um, whether it's, again, my coworkers or friends or family. But I will say that uh, living in living in Wisconsin, working in Minnesota, It could be really interesting come this winter, how to see how that's going to work. We're just going to have to bundle up like Michelin men and, and see if we can be outside for (laughs) 20 minutes before we all get frostbite, so.
1: Yeah, that'll definitely be a challenge this winter. So Tommy and Amy, what do you guys think? Uh, Quiz some quick pros and cons of this work life balance you have.
2: I was actually talking to a coworker yesterday. Because we were discussing, I haven't I haven't seen anybody. I haven't been into the office since I had my baby seven months ago. So, you know, I had a baby and then pandemic hit after I had my baby. Um, and I said, I wonder what this would be like if I didn't have a baby because it's really nice right now. But there is something beautiful to just being able to roll out of bed and get straight to work. And I'm not lugging my laptop back and forth as I would if it was a snow day. So it's kinda nice to have a whole setup and I start working at six A.M., I'm done at two thirty, so I have my whole afternoon ahead of me as well. So I I like that part of it for sure. I do miss the interaction.
4: Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of social uh element to work that I think that um you know I think many of us may have I wouldn't say taken for granted, but um not necessarily Fully appreciated, right? Because we're at work. It's not necessarily the the, the most fun uh, part of our life uh, all day, every day. Uh, But, Michelle, I I, I understand what you're saying completely. I've got um, plenty of colleagues who I talk with on a pretty regular basis, um, and they laugh, and they laugh at the chaos at my house, um, which is uh, a third grader, uh, a kindergartner, um, uh, doing school from a computer, uh, a toddler who who just turned two uh, back in June, um, whose uh, federal daycare in the federal building is only open for, like, super essential workers, and they're at a uh, 30% capacity from what they were, and so we're not – he doesn't go to daycare there anymore. So they're all at home. My wife is working full-time. And so, like, it is absurdly chaotic in my house. Um, but then there are other folks, like, it's a quiet day. I woke up and I had coffee by myself, and um, and I did my work. And so it's it's a really different world, and, and I uh, what I've found is that um, – we all kind of have to laugh at each other, uh empathize with each other and um kind of prop each other up as, as best we can right now. Um and uh and then you know, I don't know about your guys' districts, i will be curious to to hear more about that during this dialogue, but um I found that the San Francisco group has been phenomenally supportive. I mean, they just un- unbelievably supportive. Um uh every- and everybody is doing that for everybody. Um you know, whether whether it is people recognizing that I work um, you know, at five o'clock in the morning, uh, for a couple hours while I can, um, and getting me stuff super early in the morning or super late at night so I can look at it, or whether it's you know me uh, willing to take conference calls while I'm changing diapers. Um, things are things are just a little a little all over the place, um, but uh, but I think the fact that you know no one can see us right now on the podcast, but we're all smiling and sort of. Uh, chuckling and, and understanding with and at each other, um, I think is a good sign that it means we're all in, in pretty good places with um, with with our work with respect to work life balances right now.
0: Great, thank you, Tommy. You know, as a yeah. leader um, in in the district, and, and I would also ask uh, Amy and Michelle to follow up with us too. Um, what can what have you seen? Are some some good ways for leaders to reinforce that understanding of work life balance and and to support their employees going through this time. And then I'd ask Amy and Michelle to follow up um from a, a staff perspective on on what they've seen as as good practices for leaders to support their staff uh during this pandemic. All right. Well Tommy Specifically, starting with you, you know, what have you done to support your your staff and your employees, and what yeah. have, uh, your, has your leadership done to support you further? You started talking a bit about that, but if you could expand on that further.
4: Roger that. Okay, so it's, you know, there's no strategy to it um, uh, from my perspective, um, but, but it seems to have worked out well, and so now I can reflect upon that and, and kind of talk about what's worked well, um, and if I had to, or if we had to. Intentionally do it again, how we would do it, um because I think we've all done a pretty good job, so it starts with um like full transparency um and, and what I mean by that is 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 every element of everybody's day um, we all kind of have to let each other peer in a little bit more than we otherwise um would, um whether that's you know hey, my my tooth fell out, and I've got to go to the dentist boss or um you know, hey guys, I'm on kid duty, and I'm going to be at the beach this afternoon during our team meeting everyone kind of has to know these things so that we can all work together and find um find those moments where um where where things click and 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 we're and we're kind of uh we've got the traction that we need whether it's to execute a project to sign an agreement to uh scrub budget numbers whatever it is we've all got to kind of uh, be open and transparent and that's on everybody that's on um that's on the staff that's on the supervisors that's on on the leaders um from from my perspective so i've got a team of I think about nine or ten people, um, and and I've been oh I've been hands off largely because of, of some of the kids at home uh, more than I usually am. But but um, my approach with them is is very much a um, total trust um, and, and and respect is given to them, um, and in return um, I, I expect the same back at me. So um, uh, when when assignments are um, tasked to people. Um, we're just clear, you know. If, if we need this done by Friday for a town hall, for instance, or by Wednesday for a budget deadline, um, we all know that we either will, will do that together, or we raise our hand when, when we need help. Um, and so we're all we're all just basically being um, um, being adults and, uh, and trying to take on everything that we can. At the same time, um, supervisors like myself and then the, the leaders, my boss, and others. Um, also recognize that that everybody um, can't really do everything that that maybe they typically or previously would, um, and so with me um, looking up at my boss, the, the um, excuse me, the DPM, I, I'm clear with him what I'm working on, so that he can be clear with me what he needs, uh, what he needs from me when he needs it, um, and and also what is okay to essentially back burner. Um, you know, if, if there were ten ten items he needs from me, but really only to this week with the whole truth and transparency um he he will he will let me know those things and, and then in turn i my staff and and back up the chain my staff to me um so it's re- it's really just that open honest dialogue and that's really what what makes it for us and I'm, and i'm curious if others find the same uh works with them and 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 their bosses and their staff
2: i would say the same thing The open communication, like I talk to my boss, we have check-ins all the time. I once a week with the whole team and then I check in throughout the week. Um, I think as long as your boss knows what you're doing, you know, this is pretty easy and pretty efficient. I don't have any complaints because I feel like I'm constantly able to access my boss and my boss also knows that he's able to access me. He has a question or needs me throughout the day.
3: Yeah, I agree. Um, it just seems like it comes down to trust. Um, and at least in the in the St. Paul district it really feels like for the most part our supervisors are we're all communicating well, whether it's from coworker to coworker or coworker to supervisor, and just knowing that my supervisor <laughs> trusts that that I'm getting the work done that I need to be getting done, and 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 if I if I need help, I'm I'm gonna work out to them, or reach out to them, um, and yeah, I mean there are people who are working crazy hours. You know, there's folks like you said, Tommy, who are up at five o'clock in the morning, and then they'll work again from like nine until eleven at night, but they're getting the work done, and so I think honestly, I think. Super, management in the St Paul district has done a really good job and um it's gone probably about as smooth as it can during a global pandemic.
4: Mm. Yeah, so it, there's there's an interesting element um where uh the the leadership and I'll specifically say the um uh, uh district commanders, division commanders, DPMs um where they get they get to sort of set the tone. Um, and, in, and in our district, but also all the way at the top, back when um, General Seminite was uh, was uh, manning the ship, um, you know, with, with messages just that, you know, we support the workforce and then actually actually having every level of supervision and leadership, then act on that and support the workforce. You want to work at 5 a.m. and you want to start work at noon and you got to take a few hours off to do this? Fine, let's just get the job done. And everyone, from what I've seen, the team then goes, thanks, we'll get the job done. And and our district has gone gangbusters and had, I think, a better execution year this year than, gosh, probably the last five, maybe even ten years. And and I don't know, maybe it's as a result of all of this sort of, you know, honest back and forth and support down the chain, up the chain, um, and, and it's done something where, where everybody's happy to help everybody else out um and and i was surprised by that so i don't know the numbers exactly and and, and aaron and lauren i apologize and sort of bouncing all, all over the place here but um i'm going to do it anyway um i don't really know the numbers all that well but ballpark i think about 10 percent of the san francisco district staff you have know, about 225 people so about 20 or so are really impacted like i am with with kids um or, or like you are amy with um with that young one at home um and so that means that 90 or so percent of the staff um, isn't. Uh, And and I feel like um, those of us with kids are being so supported by everybody else that in turn we are – we recognize it's a long game, right? Um, uh, In in a year from now, I'm going to be in so many people's debt because they've helped me out through this hard time. Um, My DPM is probably working, um, you know, uh, 50% harder than he usually does because because he recognizes that I'm not getting as much done as I used to. Um, and so um, I owe my staff and I owe my management uh, for helping me out because um, I'm trying to think, most of my staff and my boss um, don't have, have um, school-aged kids. That's not necessarily true if my boss is listening. He's got a 14-year-old, but um, it's just a little bit different. Um, okay. So anyway, I, I wanted to throw that out there. that So Michelle, for you, uh, if people aren't saying this, um gosh, you're doing a great job supporting people like like Amy and me uh and Amy, for you and me, I think we owe some people, huh
2: <laughs> oh yeah, well and it's interesting that you say, you know get your get your work done whenever you can My husband works for a large corporate um institution, and he works from home as well, and his office has no no reconstitution p d t or plans and set for when people should come back, they're temporarily working home for forever. Um, I have friends who work for hospitals who literally were told, go back to the office, clean out your desk, grab your monitor, and never plan to come back into the office again. So we as the core, are not in a unique situation and get your work done when you find time, you know, make your hours work whenever. So I think that is good in general, that it's not just the core where people have to be open and honest. It's everyone we're adjusting as a, as a society and a world. So there's that too.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's really great. And, you know, looking at the, the agency and focusing on trust and really you have a support and empathy for people like you understand that there's challenges now that maybe you were oblivious to before then some of these challenges have maybe been there all the time for people either being at home with kids and trying to work through other challenges when somebody's sick um, or even if, you know, you're alone and, you know, for some something happens and then you don't have those interactions with the friends that you have at work. So I think it's, it's a good transition, but it's an increased in awareness for all of us as to what people go through on a day-to-day basis. And I think, Tommy, you're right on. Um, you know, we are being lifted up by those folks that, you know, can put in a little more effort, but I also see a lot of folks with kids you know, really shifting their schedules. And, like, it's crazy because sometimes people are working at, like, 6 a.m. and you see the same people working at 10 p.m. at night. Um, It it just seems like they're also stepping up to try to, you know, get the job done because we all rely on each other. But now there's this this bigger feeling of uh, we've got your back. Um, If somebody's gone and needs to take a vacation, I think there's more people that step up and say, I can cover this. Uh, But so, you know, talking about trust and the importance of trust as an organization, um, I think you had mentioned earlier in the the introductions or maybe even before we got on the recording about, you know, trust between the organization and the districts and divisions. Um, How do you see that level of trust improving for us um, as an organization as a result of this uh, experience that we're all sharing together? Mm.
4: Um I will start first and I'll try to keep it short, um just so I don't I don't speak too much like I like to do. Um, you know, when I first started at that uh the South Pacific Division in 2011, in um who was it was uh, Colonel Baker. He was the he was the uh, commander of the San Francisco District and he pulls me aside and says, Listen, kid, you know, you know what your job is and I'm you know, a little, a little intimidated um said uh, you know i'm uh, the program team lead he goes no you know what your job is you work for the division you know what your job is and i said i guess i don't you should probably tell me um and he says your job is to help the district do its job and i was like oh yeah very very funny sir uh, uh, good, good. I, I like that uh, you know see you later um and and over time it resonated more with me that I, that i that that actually is what i'm there to do uh at the division um, as is headquarters, we're all an enterprise that's trying to help project managers and PDTs um, go out there and execute uh, what we've been given money to do. And I think um, I'm, you know, going out on a limb and, and putting words in division and headquarters now, But I think that this this period, this time period right now, is helping us all recognize that that is exactly what we're all here to do. We're all here to do. What we're funded to do and the headquarters level uh, is to help the divisions, uh, to help the districts. Um, And and I think in a weird way, maybe not even a weird way, I think this is pulling us all together as a team, um, which is going to have a tremendously positive impact on us as an organization, uh, especially if we keep this up, especially if we we keep going as well as we are given all the circumstances.
1: Thanks, Tommy. Um, You know, Amy, Michelle, you know, what do you guys think about that?
3: I guess to be honest, it just kinda it all comes back to look that trust and that empathy and I agree with Tommy. I think that um this has been a really good experience for most of us in that we're really getting a oh, we're just getting a better feel for for maybe what other folks deal with on a daily basis. Um and I I'm really I'm proud to be part of an organization where I feel like folks are, are happy to work for each other and work with each other and pull on a little extra a little extra weight if they need to.
2: I I could talk a lot too, but I feel like Tommy and Michelle have kind of covered it.
0: <laughs> Great. Thanks Amy. You know and, and one of the things uh, that's come up uh, throughout our conversation today is you know communicating with people being open and transparent about your schedule and 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 what 's going on in your life um, and so just wanted to hear from you all about you know some of the the things that you're doing to better communicate with your um, either your staff or your leadership or your coworkers how are you communicating when you don't see them on a daily basis like Michelle you said when you don't get a chance to go grab lunch with folks, um, what are some of the things that you're doing to try to maintain those relationships um, and communicate? And, you know, I, I don't know if, if in your offices if you've had any new employees start during this time, but if you have, you know, what are some ways that you've reached out to, to those uh, new employees to, to introduce yourself and, and try to open the lines of communication with them as well? So maybe, uh, Amy, do you want to start with that question?
2: Sure. Um, well, having a, a baby and never having brought her into the office helps because I can just send new picture, baby pictures to people and say, hi, here's, you know, Cece's, like, six-month photo or whatever. And that's an easy way to tap into coworkers that I don't normally work with on a project, but I, like, sit near. Or I used to talk to on the way to the restroom or the cafeteria. Um I also have, like, weekly check-ins with people who, again, I don't necessarily work need need work from them, but I work with them on a project, so it's good to just touch base and talk. I also think that this has forced us to use collaborative technology in a way that a lot of people never wanted to. You know, we are all on a WebEx watching each other on our webcams. I could probably tell you like two times prior to this that I used my webcam um, on a WebEx. And now it's it's like the norm and expected of everybody. So I think that, yeah, I, I, I can't see you and you all can't see that I didn't put on any concealer today, but at the same time, um, we're all seeing each other and you know that my dog is sitting behind me and my baby's usually sitting behind me too. So I, I think that that's, using the technology that we have available to us and learning it is really um, something that I've, that I've taken on. I've actually given webinars and tutorials to people in our districts. Um, as I've seen uh, pitfalls of technology come forward, you know, like, oh my gosh, can I please give you a tutorial on WebEx? I've, I've done that to people privately a lot, so I, I feel like that's just one more way to connect and stay connected.
4: when um when this all uh kind of first started um and my kids were were Zoom, uh, zooming zooming in their their uh school classes in the what spring semester um they were using like the backdrops uh you have like um uh virtual backdrops but the golden gate bridge behind you or like a you know beautiful outdoor scene um so all of us were learning to kind of cover up our um our house right um And for those listening, not looking, I'm sitting in a garage with a whole bunch of junk behind me, Um, bags for Goodwill, uh, an exercise bike I don't get on very often, uh, a vacuum, a vacuum right next to me. Um, And now not any of us are are using a virtual background. Um, And yes, perhaps it's because our government computers don't let us. But um, I don't think that any of us actually want to. Um, And and that's sort of that sort of. I don't know, that's humanized all of us so that we actually have a regular home life and we're regular people. Um, and I, and I think that's been really, really good for us and for all the staff and for all the leaders, um, uh, for all of us to recognize that we're all the same. Uh, the last town hall, I was on a walk with the family, um, walking up, uh, you know, a steep mountain. So I was out of breath and I, and I didn't say anything, thank goodness. Uh, and, and the commander was, 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 leading things. Um, and <laughs> is Colonel Cunningham and he, uh, uh, just a, a sincere, amazing man, and he has uh, his six kids. And uh, uh, last set of questions and answers, um, and, and what happens? You hear, as he's speaking, Daddy, I want an orange. <laughs> and he ignores his daughter for a second. Daddy, I want an orange. And all of a sudden, with you know a couple hundred people listening to the district commander, um, he's got to talk about how she can either peel her, her own orange or she's got to wait a little while. And so we're all we're all the same and and this has actually been really nice for us to all sort of recognize that and just deal with it. So I think
1: this is this has been great though because, you know, like you said with the colonel and the daughter asking to peel the orange, like that's happening to me all the time where my, my kid is home for distance learning and asking a ton of questions and they want it now, and you're like they always show up right when you're about to talk. Like, my house can be pitch quiet, not a <laughs> word, for three hours, and then time I go off mute, the dog starts barking, the kid starts running in, it's like, it's chaos. I mean, I've been on phone calls with Mr. Fisher and literally unmute, and they're like, what are you doing there, Snyder running a daycare? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> um, be- because of some of the the crazy things that have happened, though. like, so what are some of those moments where it's like, I can't believe that just happened.
2: I um, One of the projects I, I work on is a construction project, just a mega project in the core. And we have a um, public information line that people call with questions for construction. Um, you can hear my dogs playing with a squeaker toy in the background as well. But at, on this occasion, when someone called the construction line, my dog saw a squirrel at the same time and literally sounded like a rabid dog in the background and the person said hello hello and i'm like hi hold on and then they hung up and never called back so that's just a day in the
1: life so Michelle is that have you seen anything or had anything happen to you
2: you know i will agree that it's kind of
3: like the dog has a sixth sense and knows when i am not on mute and then that's when she goes crazy with the squeaky toys or she hears the the pseudo-knocking that's not anyone actually knocking at the door, but she thinks it's someone knocking at the door. So, yeah, it's – what can you do? They're goofy and lovable.
1: Most definitely. Tommy, what about hey, you? Hey,
4: Mich- well, you know, I actually want to ask Michelle. So uh, so the, the non-kid person here, um, is it just – so I – almost always only ever talk about my children um i find a way to work them into like every conversation i have um and now it's probably even more noticeable than ever because they're like literally in the background how is it for you like are you annoyed with all of us or is it kind of like i get it um i'm, I'm so i'm so curious for your honest assessment
3: um no it's uh, well earlier you said that like it's nice because it, it humanizes all of us and it's not this you know, we have to be uber professional and, and uh, you know, only talk about work stuff. Like, it really gives you a peek into other people's lives, and I, I appreciate that. And, you know, I can't imagine what it's like to have kids during non-COVID times. And when I think about the folks that I work with who have kids, and they're trying to figure out, okay, so daycare is not open but school is open but they have to be home from school or maybe they're only home from school two days a week i mean i just i can't even imagine that so i'm just i'm more than happy to help out in any way that i can um and heck i like it when people poke their heads in every once in a while i think it again it's just kind of fun to see see what else is going on in other people's lives
4: well that that makes me feel good because um I, I will um then follow up with the story about the kids um being being ridiculous. Um so uh you know I went back and forth as to whether I should share this one uh because it involves poop. Um but uh but I'm going to. Um so uh, uh often uh I'm on toddler duty. Um, so I'll take the early morning shift, um, and then my wife will take the, the mid-morning shift, and then, um, we'll come back, and then at nap time, um, everybody gets, you know, to do their own thing. And so from about nine o'clock to 1130, I'll go on a walk, um, which is really the only thing we can do these days with my two-year-old. Um, his favorite thing to do is to go find a body of water and throw rocks in it or feed the ducks. So we're at this lake, it's called Still Lake in San Francisco, um, and he's throwing rocks, and he maybe uh, exerts himself too much, and I've uh, got to go change a dirty diaper. Um, at that moment, I get a phone call, and so I'm on a phone call with a couple of staff who are, um, you know, asking things of me that require thought and, and, and attention, um, and so I'm changing the diaper at the same time, and suffice it to say, I had to use um, some of the wipes on my car, uh, on the outside of my car, as well as uh, my toddler, because <laughs> things got a little out of control. Um those things have happened a lot more than just <laughs> once um and uh and you know it doesn't render me special, but it uh it renders us all a good team that we can all put up with that um so so now frankly it's been six seven months um those stories don't even seem all that bizarre or crazy anymore, which I think in and of itself is bizarre and crazy
1: it's just really funny to listen to the challenges that everybody's having um
4: and I think that's part of,
1: like, getting through this as all of us together is to laugh it out. Um,
2: I was trying to do something, uh, like, a a formula in an Excel spreadsheet a few weeks ago, and it was something that, like, I don't normally do. Well, my husband does data analytics for a living, so I just... That's what he... He loves spreadsheets. So I literally said, hey, can you come up here? And he got on the... We were just on a WebEx like this, and, you know, he's like, hi, how are you? And he, like, helped us figure it out. I would have never been able to do that. Like, you know, I would have like G chatted him or something. But instead, my coworker literally was like, hi, Matt, how are you? I mean, it's pretty cool. You're right. You, I feel like, just like Michelle said, you get a peek into people's lives that you probably wouldn't have ever seen before.
0: How do you all deal with the distractions that you face throughout the day? Um, you know, there, there are just a lot of things that come up, even it, when it is your time to focus in on work. Um, what are some of the ways that you deal with those distractions?
2: Well, I was going to say what Thomas said earlier: shifts, shifting, working in shifts helps. You know, this is my time, this is your time. Okay, this is nap time, and kind of my husband and I kind of go every morning we go through each other's calendar, like okay, well normally uh, you're you're on at nine o'clock, but um, I have a meeting at nine thirty, so maybe you'll shift on earlier. And, I never knew what my husband's work calendar was like before this and now I go through it every day. So, but yeah, I'm lucky my baby is a baby, so I don't have to keep constant eye on her, but um yeah, we work in shifts and we relish nap time is how we get it done. <laughs> yeah.
0: For sure. Well, and Michelle with the with the dog and with other, you know, home um requirements, how do you uh deal with those distractions?
3: Honestly, I just kind of, I think all you can do is roll with it. You know, again, by this point, pretty much everyone knows that I've got a dog, and I know when, if folks have kids and all that kind of thing, and it always cracks me up when people first get on a conference call, and they're just like, let me preface this by saying that I've got, you know, three kids under seven who may or may not be running in in and out of the room while we're talking, and um, I don't know, I think... the best way to deal with any of this is just to have a sense of humor about it and just understand that this is just kind of the life that we're all living right now and you've got to just roll with the punches.
2: For sure.
4: Yeah, I think, you know, I think that um, uh, a word I've used quite quite a lot during this discussion and, and that I do, frankly, on, on a daily basis is uh, is transparency and honesty. Um, and, and that's really the the secret weapon, if you want to call it that, um uh for for how i deal with disruptions and distraction um it's not infrequent that when i'm up at five o'clock in the morning i'm trying to get my quiet time in to crank out the things that i need to be on my computer for um whether that's you know data calls whether that's um uh some written dialogue uh with uh outside stakeholders or internal uh, pdts or whether that's powerpoints for the bosses or for the district to review um sometimes, like I said, not infrequently, uh, one of the kids will get up, you know, have a nightmare or um, just the toddler will just start crying. And my wife and I will take turns and sometimes it's my turn to to deal with that. Um, So when those things happen or or when other, you name it, distractions happen throughout the day, um, it's the the onus on me is is to figure out what it is I needed to do during that time and then make sure that either the people, the person, the group, whatever, that I owe that item to um, is is aware of what's going on with me. Um, and, and you just say, hey, uh, the PowerPoint that you needed for tomorrow is going to come tonight instead of this morning. Um, and is that okay? And if not, and if not let's talk about it. Um, but it's just that full transparency and the honesty about what's going on and and then we've all talked about this. We're all in this together. We've got each other's backs. So so there's no gaming. There's no like negotiation or zero sum anything. It's all all right. That's what's going on with you. Let's figure this out. Maybe I can do it for you. Maybe I can wait an extra five hours. Um and frankly, um nothing of you know uh, uh importance has really fallen through the cracks um uh, for our district and so i think we've all got it and then we just have to be transparent and honest uh especially when there are distractions
1: yeah, I think that's spot on. It, it seems like we're we're doing really well as an organization, and this has increased our teaming. Um, you know, and I even notice on, you know, teleconference and stuff, I hear voices that I never heard before and ideas because people chat things, and we can get that perspective now that we maybe missed when everybody is face-to-face. So I think there's tons of benefits to that. But the big question, I think, for you three, um, you know, before we go today is, what do you expect from the organization and leadership in the future? Like, Michelle, you said, you know, this is the life we are living now. We know the life we lived before, but, you know, what's the life we're going to live tomorrow and what are your expectations for that life? So, um, Michelle, if you want to go first and then we'll go to Amy and then close it out with Tommy.
3: I am hoping that post-COVID we're able to embrace teleworking a little bit more. I think, as Tommy mentioned, we've, we've done a pretty good job of it. And I know there are probably some folks who are a little surprised at how well we've done. I know not everyone was a was a fan of teleworking before all of this really started, but I'm hoping that we've as a workforce at least kind of proven that this is something that we can do. Um and if it helps people to to keep that work life balance a little more even, then I'm really hoping that this is something that continues into the future, even if it's, you know, a couple days a week because heaven knows us us folks who are living on their own, we, we'd definitely like to get back in the office a little bit at
2: least. So. <laughs> definitely. Well, it's funny. Michelle said, you know, I know a lot of people hated teleworking. I hated teleworking. I hated it. Like, I hate I hated it. And I love it now. And I still can't figure out what the difference is because... It can't just be, oh, you had a baby, that's why you like teleworking. I love rolling out of bed. I love that I, you know, start at 6 a.m. and I'm done at 2.30 every day. I think that's awesome. I um, think it allows a lot of flexibility that we didn't have before. I sit for our district on a PDT that's kind of going over. We're trying to, to decide, you know, how has telework evolved um, because of this. Because this environment will end eventually, and it's interesting to see the responses I'm receiving throughout the district. So many people are saying, "I never would have thought I could do my job um, telework, and you know, it's worked out." So, um, I just think that people have been tested, and that social interaction is great. But the cost savings of not having to commute, um, you know, parking. All of those are benefits, too. I think that we're going to see, even if the forecasters say, oh, yeah, we're not going to see anything as far as space concerns or real estate, I I do think that we're going to see changes in how we use spaces. And I know, um, as a district, we're already kind of trying to see if that's, you know, if we can crystal ball some of that. It's, It's pretty fascinating. And for me, I love teleworking, and I am just fine sitting
4: at home with my sweatshirt. Great. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, all of the, when is, when is normal going to happen again, stuff aside, uh, that's probably a, a, another podcast in and of itself. Um, you know, uh, at that point, um, I do think that that elements of this remote work, this telework, um, are, are here to stay permanently. Um, uh, Michelle, um, trust me, some of us with kids are eager to get back to the office too. Um, so I'm right with you there. Um, I I love them. I love seeing them every day. I love um, you know uh, uh, most moments with them. But uh, even my eight year old um, yesterday <laughs> said, "Dad, is it is it okay Does that I need some space?" Um, so, uh, so I'm, I'm eager to get back to the office too for a little bit. But um, you know, one thing that I think the the, the leadership um, can and, and you know should do um, is evaluate what the workforce actually um, wants, uh, resulting from all this. And so, one thing that we've pretty much seen in the San Francisco district is that people are saying, "Boy, I love not driving for two hours each way every single day." Um uh sure I miss you guys, I want to see you guys, but but that's pretty nice too. Um and so our um our uh front office, our our district commander, a couple of weeks ago, about three weeks ago, actually put out a new telework policy and just said, not now, because now is still crazy and we're all working from home, but when we get back to normal, our new policy isn't gonna be you can telework one day a week, you can telework three days a week. And I think that was such a pat on the back for everybody um Who has done such a phenomenal job, um where he said, "Keep it up if that's what you guys want, take more than fifty percent of your time to to work from home um and um and and i and I think that's going to become I, I frankly I think that should become more the norm. not everybody's going to want to do that i'm probably still going to go to the office four or five days a week um if my kids ever go to school and back to daycare um uh, but but not everybody will you know one of my star staff. Um, uh, has said, I'm happy with everything except for my commute. Um, and, and what do we do about that? And lo and behold, that just so happened to be a conversation we were having the same time the new telework policy was, was introduced, which is basically better for her than if I were to, if I were able to say, hey, I'm going to give you a, 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 a two more grades on the GS scale. I think she's she's going to take the, the telework policy instead. Um, so So that's the kind of thing pretty low hanging fruit from my perspective um that that leadership can and should do going forward so um so we'll see we'll we'll see hopefully sooner rather than later
0: great well thank you guys for for those answers and yeah i mean, i think we all want to get back to some sense of normalcy here in the near future but uh but no telling when that will come so i i think the the points that were made today particularly about honesty and transparency and, and trust and keeping those communication lines open are, are great points for us all to keep in mind as we continue throughout the throughout this uh, this different world we're living in right now. Um, Aaron, any thoughts before we wrap up?
1: No, I just really thank you guys for, for coming and sharing your opinions. You know, I, I think that uh, these are the conversations we need to be having. Um, it's important to understand what we're all going through so we can, you know, Empathize with people, and then also to make sure that you know we're able to inform leadership as to what we expect moving forward. So, um,
4: just thank you for being here with us today.
2: Again, thank oh, you for yeah. having
4: me. Oh no, I was just going to say thanks. This is, this has been great. It's been a been a, a good, fun conversation. I and I I hope people enjoy listening to it.
0: Thank you, Amy, Michelle, and Tommy, for joining us today for this edition of the Inside the Castle podcast. We appreciate you sharing your thoughts on work-life balance with us today. And to our listeners, we want to hear from you. What topics are important to you and who are you interested in hearing from? Until next time, be safe, be innovative, and be revolutionary.
1: Thanks for joining us for this Inside the Castle podcast. To provide your feedback, email us at cw.infrastructure.team at usace.army.mil. Stay tuned for additional Inside the Castle podcasts as we explore life inside the core and revolutionize civil works together.